What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Blended. What up? What is up? That's Robert. And that's Katie. And we are Blended. We are Blended. <laughs> Blended. Oh. You just hear me. <laughs> that was bad. It's okay. You tried. You talking about that living single? Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> So guys, um, we are full fledged in COVID. I hope you guys are dealing. I don't know about you, but I can't wait till this shit is over. Yeah, about you. yeah, yeah. Hope y'all are safe and yeah, your families are uh, doing well and um, yeah, yeah. It's a rough one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sweetest day was yesterday. Yes. Um, happy sweetest day. Yeah, thank you. So tell everybody what we did. Yeah, she uh she took care of me, man. We uh she let me go. To, we went to McDonald's, <laughs> and uh, she let me supersize that I was gonna say I'll let you supersize that let me, boy. Let me, the, let me get the large fry. <laughs> oh, let me get the sweet. Oh, the sweet two hundred dollar. Well, let me go ahead and get that damn big dog. Baby, taking care. But can I get apple pie? <laughs> she didn't get apple pie, man. Take okay. Care. Okay. All right, all right, all right. What did I get you? <laughs> what did we do? She um we um she came over. Mind your business, not playing. <laughs> nah, she came over. We um we got ready at my house, but she gave me a rose. I've never been given a rose before. A rose with a little cute little teddy bear. It was a little teddy bear. And, and it said, said, I love you. It said, I love you. And then she gave me, uh, it was like a calendar. Was it a calendar or like a portrait? It's like a it's like a picture Obviously collage. Obviously, it didn't uh, make a great impact. <laughs> <laughs> you can't remember what it was. Is it working for me? <laughs> it was a collage. Collage. I was going to call it a cologne. It was a collage. <laughs> you did buy me a, some cologne, though. Citizens. Um, oh, what is it called? Mm. Why do I want to call it Citizens Arrest? Is that what it's called? Is that a show? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think Citizens Arrest is an actual thing. Like, you can actually arrest. I, I know that, but is that what it's called? It has the word citizen. They got it. citizen in it. It smells. It smelled good. So yeah. she bought me that. Uh, we were in Virginia, and then she got me a collage, and then she got me a card. It was actually pretty neat. Uh, I'm normally like a clever one, but she um, she hooked it up. She got like a, it was like a, um, a Sweetie's A card to, from a wife to a husband, <laughs> and she like was creative, and she like marked off like soon to be. And uh, the card was like to my fu- or to my husband and my she, love and i put my future husband future, yeah so <laughs> she ran some game on me y'all. all the cards were like the really good cards they mm-hmm. were all addressed to the husband it's okay maybe the nice. cards that that were just to you know just like your regular just love were just so generic but the but the good ones were the husband cards so mm-hmm. i'm like you know what Put future husband on you there. did a good job. I think you did a good job. And then she made dinner reservations for what was the name of that place? Oh, it was a restaurant called Luca. It was actually suggested by Sabrina. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, um, a, a really uh, the the view is beautiful. It's um downtown in the flats in downtown Cleveland, mm-hmm. where we're from. Um, and it kind of just like has a beautiful view of the, of the skyline and, um, all the skyscrapers, uh, you know, just a great view of the city and the lake. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. <laughs> we didn't end we up didn't, going, we didn't go. you know what else? So <laughs> and here's why this is why. So we, um, we kind of got down there a little, 
Yeah, I wouldn't even say that's the main reason. We we got down there a little late mm-hmm. and um, got a babysitter. My nephew, shout out to my nephew, watched the kids and. Uh, but we ended up um, just going to get something, uh, um, something to drink. We went to go get a couple drinks, and um, we just had a good time. I, I'm simple, man. I think what we did, it we was had a simple. really, we actually had a really fun time. Yeah. So um, during COVID, during this time, there is a cutoff in the state of Ohio of, of 10 o'clock for alcohol sales. So we got down there at nine. 50 and so this restaurant is like it's like above a complex so um basically there's a bridge in the flats and we mistakenly went to the bottom of the bridge when the entrance to the restaurant was at the top of the bridge Mm -hmm. our gps led us there and so it was like 9 50 and so we were like crap by the time that we make it you know, to the actual entrance of the restaurant, we're not going to be able to get any drinks. (laughs) So, um, so basically we ended up taking a detour to this bar Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we're like, okay, we'll just hurry up and like get some drinks here and then we'll go to the restaurant. And then we ended up not even going to the restaurant. It was cool though. I was, I was sat and chilled at this, like, it's like kind of not a hole in the wall bar, but uh, it's kind of a popular bar, actually, but it's still like a, you know. It was a hole in the it's wall. It's not a, yeah, it's like a hole in the wall bar. It was bar. cool. It was just chill. It was me. We're all dressed up and stuff, and that's so like us, though, to just mm. deviate from the plan and just. Yeah, it was cool. Like, ah, this is better. It was cool. Like <laughs> I said, it was me, my lady. We was cool. We was joining each other's company. I had told her like 10 times, like, we can just stay at the house. We ain't really got to do a whole bunch. I was picking with her like, yeah, you ain't do nothing for Sweetie's Day. And she was like, <laughs> okay. So she. She walked her store. Her car went down, so she walked to the store to get me my gifts, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah. that's what's up." So it's cold outside. I'm like, "You have to do that." But we just enjoyed each other's company. Uh, so shout out to all the men out there. Hopefully, y'all had a great Sweetie's Day. Hopefully, y'all ladies took care of y'all, and uh, mine took care of me, and that was it. Man. We had a good time. We had a good time. So here, I guess we'll take our traditional shot before we dive into our episode. Take a shot for me. (laughs) (laughs) So what are we toasting to? Okay, so I toasted last episode. So this is back on you this week, player. Oh, okay, for sure. Uh, What should I toast uh, to? What should we toast to? Uh, Let's just toast to, you know what? Let's give a a toast, a shout out to our uh, listeners and subscribers, I would say we've only, this is our fourth episode, but the first three episodes, you all been showing a lot of love and support. So we uh, already toasted to that. Did we already toast to that? You can't steal my I just toast. love the people though. I love, I the, people love the people too. We love okay. the, we love the people, okay. but you can't just jock <laughs> off of my toes. Did you just say jock off? Oh God. Dang. You say jock still? We say jock? We're going to say Jake on this show too then. So um, we're going to give a toast to... Um, man, us. Um, okay. Thank you for my sweetie's day, <laughs> and had a great weekend. And our future, I'm toasting to. Okay, to my, my future hud, my future hubby. <laughs> I'll speak that. <laughs> ah. Mm. All right, we did that. <laughs> you got me right there with them, them mighty mighty. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy is, though, this kind of leads into our content um, to what we'll be talking about 
on this week's episode. But our sweetest day didn't actually start off so sweet. (laughs) So and it kind of spills over into a little bit about um, what last week's episode was about. We um, talked about, you know, your stepchildren or um, stepchildren to be calling you mommy or daddy and um you know kind of like how to navigate through that Mm -hmm. if whether it's appropriate whether you're okay with it um so we actually ran into an issue that we thought we had fully addressed Mm -hmm. but um basically we had a tiff as we like to call them Mm -hmm. with um Robert's ex-spouse and mother of his children, mm-hmm. um, she was livid yeah. about the uh, mommy thing. She did not listen. Th- th- it didn't come from listening to the episode at all. Um, but she kind of like erupted on both of us. And some like pretty cruel things were said. And um, so this week's episode, we will be talking about how to navigate um, difficult relationships with ex partners mm-hmm. who are you know the the parents of um the children yeah or the other counterpart to the to the whole situation yeah <laughs> so do we want to kind of talk about um the text messages that we received oh uh, we could talk about it a little bit yeah I mean, let's talk about it a little bit and then we could uh mm-hmm. go on from there okay yeah so um you know, shout out, like I said, to all the uh, ladies that took care of their man this weekend for Sweetie's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed mine. I want to thank my, uh, my, your sweetie or you my sweetie? Are we sweeties? Um, we're sweeties. We sweeties. Are really cool. <laughs> so, um, you know, that took care of your sweeties. And it's sweetest day. Because you always, you always say happy sweeties day and I never. With the I-E or the Y? I don't know how you're doing it. I'm just it. doing it wrong. Okay. But so it's sweet is day. Sweet is day. Okay. Happy sweet is day. <laughs> sweet is. Sweet is like. Why don't, don't say it like it's two different words. You ever heard people say breakfast? You ever people say breakfast? Breakfast. Yeah. Like you eat breakfast. My stepfather says that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm a, sweet is day. It's like, yeah, you want some breakfast? I'm oh like, oh my gosh. How, like how old are you, bro? Fingernails on a chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. um. Happy. Yeah. We're sweeties though. You we say are sweeties. It. Yeah. You say it. All right. So. Yeah, um, so I think the uh, last episode, I think we started off by telling y'all that we, uh, my uncle had passed, mm-hmm. and um, he, um, his funeral was actually this past week. We traveled down together. It was um, beautiful. Yeah, we, we we traveled down together. It was about a 10-hour drive from Cleveland. Um, excuse me, may I interrupt? Okay. <laughs> it was not a 10-hour drive. <laughs> it was about a 14-hour drive. So going down when 14, it was about 11 going down. Oh, my gosh. It was more than it that. It was about 11. It was about 14, and let me tell you why. Go ahead. This man takes more bathroom breaks than the three-year-old, okay? In front oh, of company? Yes, in front of in company. Front of company. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh my gosh, you guys, literally every 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes, we were taking a stop for either bathroom breaks Mm -hmm. or coffee and I was like about to blow my top off. She was though, but she actually was (laughs) asleep the whole time. So for somebody to be telling me, (laughs) somebody to be telling me that I'm taking bathroom (laughs) coffee breaks. I had to go buy my sunflower seeds. She didn't drive one minute. I didn't drive minute. one minute. That's so, so funny. I don't even want to hear it. Tell okay, me some what okay. I had to stop for. You're right. I had to stop because I was driving. Okay. You're right. right. 
But we we took a uh, road trip. It's funny. We had been promising the kids that we were going to go on a trip. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the the trip was actually interrupted a a number of times. You know, one time we had planned a trip to go to Florida. That didn't work out. Uh, Long story Mm -hmm. behind that. Uh, And then we had, uh, we actually, you know what? I'll take that back. We took a trip to um, Niagara together um, as a family. We went to um, Buffalo and showed the kids. Yeah, Niagara. the falls that was from fun. the American side. Yeah, man. Yeah. And they had a great time. They did. Had a great time. And then, so this this time around, uh, given the circumstance, we wanted to go show and um, our love and support and pay our respect, you know, to my Uncle Charles. Like I said, he served in the Marine Corps for 30 years. Um, this, the home going service was, uh, it was beautiful. People had great things to say. A 21, 21, 21 gun, gun salute. salute. And it, it was, was jets really flying over the, um, over, over his, the memorial. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was, it was awesome, man. It was awesome. Um, so, um, I've never been to like a military mm-hmm. funeral before, so I've, I've always seen them on TV, mm-hmm. but it was actually really, really cool. You know how they they fold the flag and give it to the wife and it just was um it just was really really nice I I heard I never met him you know while he was alive unfortunately but all of the things that I heard about him were just like glowing reviews like he just seemed like such an awesome um committed husband Mm -hmm. wonderful father awesome friend yeah um, and to see him honored in that way, it felt like the the honor he deserved yeah. from what I heard about him. So I was just really blessed and, and thankful that I could be a part of it. And I was um, I was really thankful that you asked me to come along. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you came. Like I said, yeah. it was uh, it was big. It was yeah. big for me. I think that spoke a lot. Of, that spoke a lot. That spoke a lot to me, you know, for you willing to come and how you handled yourself. You wasn't you weren't awkward around my family and you were just being yourself. We had a good time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it I, was nice to get to meet your family too. Yeah. yeah they crazy, but they, they're uh, fun. Yeah. They was fun. <laughs> we had a, we had it a was time. a fun, crazy. Yeah. It really was. Everybody's singing and dancing and who the food was good. <laughs> if y'all know anything about me, I can eat. I don't look like I can eat, but I can yeah, eat. She can't eat the though. food was bomb. <laughs> <laughs> the whole weekend. It was. It definitely was. And that banana pudding uh, was Ooh, it's, The banana pudding set it off. <laughs> set it off. And it <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so then uh, what we did while we were down in Virginia Beach, uh, Katie found a, a resort, and we actually stayed at the resort. Right like on I the said, beach. A lot, yeah, right off the beach. Ocean you know, Oceanfront. It was nice. Uh, we didn't go to the beach because <laughs> the weather wasn't the best. It was like low 70s the yeah. water was cold ocean water was cold freezing freezing so but on this resort they had like you know like um indoor pool outdoor pool um and some amenities for the kids man but the kids enjoyed it you know just the thought of them being mm-hmm. by the beach they had a great time together they did you know that water was cold too and uh, i was yeah. like come on man what's going on it was you? nice for kai to meet your family too i thought mm-hmm. that was really special that she got to meet your family and then like got to bond with the kids yeah. and the family she one of them knocked her, one of them knocked her tooth out but it's okay <laughs> he didn't knock it out he like knocked it loose <laughs> he knocked it really loose it was but... pretty loose but it wasn't out he didn't kick it out though it's okay but yeah so she she that was her rite of passage she took it like a champ like okay they kicked your tooth what's, okay what's they love you right what's so funny it was an accident but what's so funny is she she's at that age where she's like super excited about 
being a snaggly tooth and like yeah. all her teeth falling out. So she was like, "Mommy, he kicked it real good." <laughs> she was like, like, "She was like, look, it's it's, it's loose now. It's wiggly. He kicked it real good." Anyways, right? <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, it was dope. And um, you know, the kids, you know, um, like I said, they had they had a great time together. Mm -hmm. uh, my baby girl, I thought it was pretty funny because while we were down in front of my family, she kept she was calling Katie uh, mom. She called Katie mom a couple times. Mm. And um, did they say anything about it? No, no, they okay. didn't. No, they didn't. They didn't. Um, like I said, we, we talked about this on the last episode. She's mm -hmm. she's three. Right. And uh, but she she she's comfortable, you know, with yeah. you. And it's just kind of like what she does. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we spoke about this before about shutting it down and um, or or not. Yeah. You know. Whether what, what should we do, what we should do about it. Yeah. But it was uh. It was good. I mean, they had a great time dropping down. And then so so we get back. And when we get back, uh, maybe within a day, ah, that's not true, a couple days, mm -hmm. uh, I get a text message. And it was uh, from, a, from the mother of my children. Okay. And it was like, um, it was like, um, imagine that Black Rob song, uh, Whoa. <laughs> like, oh, you're talking about that. G.I. Joe. Yeah, <laughs> it was like we're there. It was it was like mm. it was like off the chain. It was like a very um, it was it was it, it was vulgar. It was um, it was uh, disrespectful in some ways. And actually, a lot of ways. It was it was just disrespectful it to the was, both uh, of us. Yeah, it was and bad. it was directed to the both. Of it was us. yeah, it was directed to the both of us. And <clears throat> um, and it had been something that we had spoke about before. And again, it was in regards to baby girl Skylar calling um katie mom and so um i i kind of i didn't blow it off but i kind of like hey man it's you know again it's one of those things and i th i think that she had been under the impression that we found this funny that it was like mm -hmm. you know sh you know it's cute and and that's definitely not the case and um but like she she I think one of the things that was kind of said was or that was alluded to was that like we were playing house and we thought it was like yeah. we thought it was amusing. Yeah. Um, And I think that anyone who knows either one of us personally knows that um, being antagonist is yeah. not our our intent or I don't think it is right. who we are as people in general to intentionally try to um, like hurt someone else right. like that's not right in especially our, in given our the blood. circumstance yeah and I, I would say that i've been patient you know you you've been patient uh, in a lot of ways too um you know because you you've you've seen it but i think in this particular case it was it was directed towards both of us mm -hmm. and i've i've kind of kept you away from a lot of things mm -hmm. you know i know i share with you i share things with you but i keep i keep a lot of things away from you to keep our relationship healthy mm -hmm. and um and this time around you know, she she wanted to my kid's mother. She wanted to address Katie, but it was very, uh, it was inappropriate. It mm -hmm. was more so like it was uh, it was drama, mm -hmm. and it wasn't looking to come to um, resolution. Resolution or yeah. you know, hey, how do we? Wh what does what does this look like for for everyone could be comfortable in the situation or mm -hmm. can I get an understanding? It was like a flat out. <laughs> you know one of those like it was just it was out of line mm -hmm. it was out of line and you know so we 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 communicated uh both katie and i we communicated with her and you know katie i'm, I'm proud of you actually you handled it 
like a woman, you know, you weren't on any trash, you handled it well, you listened, you know, as well, like about how, you know, to go about it, but at the same time, you're an adult, you're a grown woman, mm-hmm. and you said, hey, you know, this is kind of what I want to say, and you're setting that particular boundary, mm-hmm. which I think is good. Um, Can I? Um, yeah, go ahead. So, in addition to reaching out to Rebear, and like I said, um, some really inappropriate things were said. In addition to that, I was reached out to directly. And I felt the way um, that I was approached was also extremely disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And it was aggressive. And um, so I attempted to kind of like draw a line in the sand and say, hey, you know, if we are going to have a further conversation about this, I just want to be really clear that like I'm, I'm willing to discuss anything in regards to the kids because I care and you know care about them and I love them and you know as a mother I understand that um sometimes there are going to be concerns that come up that need to be discussed but what and I'm willing to do that but what I'm not willing to do is be disrespected um and that is kind of where the conversation continued to take a turn um and I was I felt further disrespected Mm -hmm. and it kind of seemed as though it had upset her that I was um, kind of standing my ground, my ground and drawing a line in the sand and saying, Hey, like, um, you know, I'm not necessarily obligated the way that Ribera is to communicate with you so Mm -hmm. that if we are going to communicate it, it needs to be a productive and respectful conversation. Right. And, um, you know, especially because this is probably our first uh, interaction in regards to the kids. Yeah. And, you know, if, if we're going to, you know, we're going to start this off on the on the right foot. Right. This is our first impression of how who each other. Yeah. yeah right. And how we in. and how we work through these difficult situations. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so let's start this off on the right foot. And, it, it you know, as many times as I tried to um, kind of like bring it back mm-hmm. to a level of respect it continued to go Escalate deeper into to... the deeper grounds of disrespect and eventually she actually did reach out and apologize mm-hmm. um so i i appreciated that apology um so you know we kind of wanted to discuss and this isn't the first time you know that this is the first time that I've had to deal with it personally, mm-hmm. but this isn't the first time that Robert has had to deal with the situation, um, a difficult, disrespectful situation. Mm-hmm. So we're going to kind of like try to talk through how to um, how to navigate through situations when you do have an ex-spouse that can be a little manipulative mm-hmm. or can even be um, super difficult to co-parent with. Yeah. Um, because that's just the reality of the situations you, you know, Robert shared his story with you all. And, you know, I have my opinions as to where this behavior comes from. Mm-hmm. I think guilt has a way of rising. Work- ugly hit. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. That's the perfect way to put it. And so I think that um, it's displayed through the way that, um, she communicates with Robert, and as I saw how she attempted <laughs> to communicate with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I lost my train of thought. We were talking about we, you know, pretty much just telling the listeners how to how to navigate um, through that. Well, yeah. So just from our experience, like how to navigate through, <clears throat> mm-hmm. you know, dealing with an ex-spouse or mm-hmm. an ex-partner, whatever it may be. 
yeah. when there's kids involved. And I get it. Like, I, I would say that we both get it, mm-hmm. you know, that it's a sensitive subject, you know, because like I explained on the last episode, you know, if I were, if my kids were to re- refer to another man as that, I would feel a little bit uncomfortable with it, but mm-hmm. it's it's not my household. So what I mean by that is what goes on in her household, mm-hmm. it goes on in her household. I can't control that. I right. can't say, hey, look, I'm hearing the kids over there doing this and saying that. Like, you need to shut it down. Like, no, I mm-hmm. can't do that. That's not my domain. Right. My domain is the other half of the time that I have them when they're under my roof, then I... I, that, I handle that, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to step into somebody else's world mm-hmm. and say, hey, now if we could come to a common ground mm-hmm. on certain things, I get it, but I can't control. And there's a lot of things that I, I would say personally that, I, that don't sit well with me, mm-hmm. that hasn't sat well with me for a while, and I, I've never spoken about them because of that standard that I have in a situation. Like, I can't. Just like I want you to come to my house and tell me what to do, I can't go to your house and tell you what to do. Even if it's uncomfortable for me, I just, I can't. Mm -hmm. I can't. And um, I think that's where, that's where we should help. Yeah. And explaining that. And here's and here's my thought process, because I don't want it to seem like we're not um, recognizing or acknowledging the way that ex-spouse feels. Yeah. Because we have acknowledged that and we, you know, because as we had mentioned, um, the boys at one point were calling me mom. Yeah. And when it was voiced to them, they're a little, you know, we have a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. So they're at a level of a little bit more emotional maturity where they're able to understand and have a little bit more empathy. Mm-hmm. At this point, with um, the youngest, Skylar, she's not in a point of emotional maturity where, you know, it's been voiced to her. But at this point, um, if she continues to be told um to not you know say this to me she, it's going to feel it's mean gonna, it's and gonna it's going to mean it's going to it's going to interrupt what you and Skylar are building and it and it's yeah. also going to make her feel isolated or or like i'm upset with her mm-hmm. and like oh you don't want me to call you mom because you don't like me mm. and that is just the way that a three-year-old is going to process that because she doesn't have the emotional maturity, you know, or even intelligence at this point, just developmentally to be able to understand a little bit deeper. Why yeah, it's not on? like, Oh, this, this just hurts mommy's feelings. And it, that's not how she's going she's to interpret gonna, it yeah. that way. And so, um, you know, she was, I don't know if you're comfortable with me saying this, what she was told. Uh, you can. I mean, yeah. Why not? Um, but she was told a couple of things. She was told that if she continued to call me mommy, that she would never see me again. Yeah. And she was also told that if um she continued to call me mommy, to not call her mommy mommy anymore. Mm-hmm. And to me, those are just. This is where I was afraid of the situation going to where. These things are being told to a three-year-old, a child who is unable to process these kinds of statements yeah. <laughs> um, on a level that's not going to be damaging. You know, uh, it's funny. <clears throat> we we um, when you were doing, I'm actually starting a lock journey, y'all. Katie, she told me she wanted to be another in between another woman's legs. So she <laughs> she actually just locked <laughs> my hair together. Um, uh, and so, starter locks, y'all. starter locks. I'm so, a lactician now. I'm just gonna put it <laughs> out there. But we were uh, we were watching Big Daddy. I don't know if you caught this. 
But if you never seen Big Daddy, it was a um, a film with Adam Sandler, and mm-hmm. he like kind of like took on this little kid. Kid was five years old. Yeah. And he's, so talk about the emotional intelligent uh, piece. The kid was five, and this was towards the end of the movie where um, the the foster um, like agency came to yeah. his house to Mr. take the kid. Garrity. Yeah, he came <laughs> to take the kid, and he's like, "Yeah, you what you did was foul, so we got to take the kid." So then Adam Sandler's like, let me go talk to him. So he's going to yeah. talk to him. He's like, you got to go. So the kid's like, you don't want me here anymore? Yeah. And he's like, no. And he's like, well, why don't you want me to be here anymore? Why Why do I have to go? Mm-hmm. So even at that age, kids don't understand right. what's, go- you know, they can't process things they like that. They internalize and they think They internalize differently, fault. right? Because the kid right away said like, you don't want me? And he's like, mm-hmm. nah. Like, and you, if you've seen the movie, Adam Sandler loves the kid mm-hmm. and he fights for him in court and all this stuff. But yeah. the kid, his, his, his mind, his young mind process, process it as you don't want me anymore. And yeah. now I got to go. And it's mm-hmm. a form of rejection. Right. And this is right. not what you want your kid at three or, or five, whatever the age of the child is mm-hmm. to feel like some sort of rejection when that's not what it is. But it, you can complicate things if, you are the parent communicating some negativity mm-hmm. to the kid. And the kid is just being a kid. Mm-hmm. Kids just want to be loved, f- protected, fed. They need their safe, right? They just ma- want what is it, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs? They just that's, <laughs> they just want to be yeah. kept, man. And yeah. so um at that age you can't you can't process that. So that's why, you know, this is you know, it's it's a sensitive matter in the topic, but we're gonna mm-hmm. talk about it. Uh because it may it may come up. It, um Funny thing is, too, when we were in Virginia Beach from my uncle's funeral, I ran into a guy um, at uh, a pizza shop. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, man, go check out the show. And he 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 checked, he, he, he subscribed, and he's like, dude, my, my wife and I were just talking about this topic. Mm. So I, it's just my perception that this is a topic. Absolutely. Yeah, this is like a topic of concern. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever we can do. Absolutely. Do we and see, I had a different experience, um, and, and this is – probably where I kind of developed my opinion about it. My mom like told me to call my stepfather dad Mm. and it was like looked down upon because at first I was not comfortable. Like I was not comfortable yet with calling him dad and I was forced and I was almost like penalized. I I remember this one time they like, I really, really wanted a puppy (laughs) really, really bad. And I'm, and now that I'm older, I know that I was never going to get one. But at one point, like I was told like, well, you know, you keep asking for this puppy, but like, you're not gonna call me daddy like you ain't gonna get that like you think you'll oh, get that, that puppy salty? yeah i'll oh, never wow. forget it it was in the parking lot of hometown buffet we went Whoa. there every friday so that was a spot though by the way in richmond oh yeah yep yeah we used to go there every friday <laughs> so um <clears throat> i just uh, i approach it with like like i said and now i call my stepfather dad and he is like my dad at the time though i was when my stepfather came into my life i was maybe um I want to say, let's see, maybe six or seven. Mm. Um, So I was around your middle's age. Mm. And, um, you know, I was probably a little bit more like emotionally mature. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just know that I didn't like having that forced upon me. And, And I felt almost just like it felt like ridiculed and it felt bad because my younger brother was more like Skylar's age and yeah. my younger brother didn't know until um he was probably about 13 or 14 that my stepfather wasn't even his real 
biological father. So So it was, you know, it was something that was natural for him. And and I guess they were wanting me to do it because it was confusing for my younger. Like, why is she calling him by his name name and I'm calling him dad? Dad, Like, and so it was more like, oh, we need to do this. So like your brother doesn't get confused. And, um, it just was very uncomfortable and it made me feel horrible. Like it made me feel horrible. Yeah. That was like, my, that's actually my next question. I want to know, like talk, talk a little bit more about how that made you feel mm-hmm. like did that, did that, did that, um, get in the way of you building a relationship with your stepfather? Yeah. It almost made me feel, um, it, it kind of, and that's why I'm so sensitive to, to saying anything to Skylar to make her feel like unliked or like unloved or like an oddball out. Mm hmm. Um, because that's how I felt. I felt isolated. I felt, you know, like I was doing something wrong and it also made me a little bit scared of him. Like, it's like, Mm. I don't feel comfortable doing this. So now it's to the point where I kind of want to avoid contact and avoid conversation with you because I'm not comfortable coming up and saying, Hey dad, Mm. now I'm coming up to you and I'm I'm like, I might just say like, start talking yeah. asking a question and just not addressing you at all because I'm not comfortable with this. And as a child, I don't feel like that was appropriate. Mm-hmm. I felt like I should have been given the, you know, choice to let that develop naturally over time and right. not be like forced into it. If I wasn't comfortable with it yet, because I wasn't. And these, like I said, blended families, like I said, in the last episode, statistically, from experts that I, you know, articles that I've read, it can take anywhere up to like five, seven, 10 years Mm -hmm. for blended families to really like get into their groove and finally like catch their rhythm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, for, for that to be forced or for it to be abruptly stopped, it is confusing to an already, there's so many rifes that, you know, are opportunities for rife in a blended family. Um, you know, to kind of force something on a child one way or the other, mm-hmm. I think it just adds more, um, more difficulty to the transition into the, the blended, the blended family, I agree. um, structure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're so young and, you know, given my situation, you know, going through divorce mm-hmm. while they're at a certain age to where they can remember it and they're transitioning into this now, mm-hmm. it's just like one thing at the other. And it's, they're kind of like trying to find or settle in a certain like um what's what I'm looking for. They're, they're trying to get grounded and they need they need mm-hmm. to be grounded, right? And in this it's like okay, dad, I, I see dad in a relationship. I see mom in a relationship. Mm-hmm. This is you know, mom has a consistent relationship, dad has a consistent relationship. But over here we're together all the time. They're you know, I want it to be comfortable for mm-hmm. and f- for them and like you mentioned this before that this is this is to them, it's it's like structure. Yeah. It's like they look forward to it. Because it, this threw me off, too. Like, I go pick my kids up, and they're like, are we going to Katie's house? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, y'all want to go home? They're like, no, let's go to Katie's house. Mm. Like, yeah, I think my house is better than your house. <laughs> but it's like. You definitely have more room. Yeah. I got the trampoline, though. So. You got the trampoline in the backyard. My backyard is killing yours. Kind of. <laughs> but it's like, it's like the kids look forward to doing this. Yeah. And it's like yeah. to. Make them feel weird about it. Because even mm. the comment was made like, okay, if y'all don't stop this, then she can't see Katie anymore. I'm like, that's not going to happen. That's one of those yeah. things to tell you about the control. Like, I can't control what happened at your house. You can't control what happened at my house. 
now me you know this mm-hmm. about me I, I i want to because she's a mother of my children mm-hmm. okay i want you to feel comfortable about some things and mm-hmm. i give you a certain respect just because you're my mother you're the mother of my children right but you, you this ain't gonna fly like mm-hmm. you think i'm gonna pull my kids away from this no i'm not gonna do that and, and to tell them that to and to make it seem as though them saying that like that the consequence is like oh like there's an opportunity for Katie to not be present anymore. It um, doesn't give a lot of confidence to the situation to a child to think that there could be anything that would that they could say or do that would make you just disappear. Right. And I was I was really um, I was hurt by that. Like mm-hmm. that broke me down. Like I was I was really really upset. I know. And um you know, my best interest is always for the kids. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's the tough situation for me is I do want to be respectful of ex-spouses feelings, but, um, for me, the children's feelings are just more important. Yeah. They're more important than yours, than Mm -hmm. hers, than mine. And, um, you know, on situations like this. Now, if there's a situation where, you know, Skylar's older, she wants to get her, get her hair dyed or she wants to go on a date or like those are things that there are going to be certain situations where you defer to the judgment of the mom or you defer right. to the judgment of the dad. But this is a situation where I feel like it's one of those situations where you defer to the <laughs> emotions of the child mm-hmm. and, um, you know, those are more important. So we kind of just wanted to give some background to the situation because we wanted to talk through, like we said, how to navigate through um, exes that, you know, so- sometimes it it's starting to feel almost like these battles are almost like never ending. They're consistent. They're consistent. Yeah, they're consistent. And it's starting to feel like um, the, the drama is never ending. And there may be many of you out there, I'm sure, um, that are dealing with you know exes that just seem to like <laughs> yeah just keep going now keep coming at you now like, come at this. me bro <laughs> yeah, come at me. I, I, I will say this so and you you guys are definitely gonna hear more about my story katie's story mm-hmm. you're, gonna hear, you're gonna hear about our excuse me our story and i would like to say that as tough as it is it's a growing pain mm-hmm. it's a growing it pain in the in the in the blended blendish life mm-hmm. and Trust me, whatever it is you're facing, you can get through it. You, you, you're going to be able to get through it. When mm-hmm. it happens, it's going to suck. When you experience, you're going to be like, wow. You know, some things is going to be like, what? You're, mm-hmm. you're in the twilight zone, mm-hmm. but you're going to be able to get through it. And I can guarantee you, yeah. you know, uh, as you hear more, you're going to be like, man, I can get through. I can get through an ex-spouse or an ex-partner mm-hmm. tripping you know, about uh, a subject like such, you know. So, mm-hmm. but, um. Yeah, baby, come on, let's dive in. So I think an important thing to do is to definitely, um, and this is more specifically towards an ex-spouse who you feel is like using manipulation tactics. Um, So you definitely want to talk with your ex or not talk with your ex-partner, talk with your partner about your ex-spouse's manipulations. So um, if you feel like your partner is uh, like, habitually succumbing to like unreasonable or selfish demands of his or her ex-spouse you know you're also affected by that so um your partner may in fact also be unaware that they're being manipulated Mm -hmm. and i think at times 
um, I, I feel as though I've had to point that out to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've had to, I've, I've had to be like, listen, you need to see the characteristics of this person and stop getting sucked in. Yeah. And, um, so I think that that is important to first talk with your, with your partner mm-hmm. about what's happening. For sure. Um, okay. So how do we, you know, manage dealing with it? So I think the first thing, as we've been going through these situations, I think we've been um, learning and you've you've been doing a great job, I feel like. And even in this situation, you pointed out to me, I, I think you're learning to recognize mm-hmm. when manipulative tactics are being Occur, used yeah. or occurring. Um, so I think that, you know, learning how to recognize them will then help you decide whether or not a demand that is being made is reasonable, um, you know, or valuable. Okay. Um, so that's number one. What do you feel about that? Demands by being made by like in this situation, my children's mother. Yeah. Like learning when to recognize them so that you can decipher whether or not the demand that is being made is reasonable and valid. Or if it's just another tactic to start a tiff. Yeah. Um, so paying attention to detail. Paying attention know, to detail. It's just like, okay. Um, processing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is this? Oh, okay. This looks yeah. like this. And then taking it a little further. Oh, this looks like this. But is this... Th- 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 I know this sounds crazy, y'all. But is this that? Yeah. And okay. Okay. This is that. So what? now what do I now do? Now what do I do? From here. But yeah, I think been able to like recognize it mm-hmm. because if not, you're going to keep falling for the same old, same old tricks, just in the same book. old tricks in a book. You're mm-hmm. just, okay. You just, you're just like a revolving door. Okay. Yeah. This happens. And then you just keep getting sucked in. And now I'm 33. You're 30. When you get ready to be 32, mm-hmm. should be 32 a couple months. Y'all. Yeah. About a couple months. And, um, you better take me somewhere really fun for my birthday. For sure. Yeah. You know, I'm going to let you supersize it at Wednesday. <laughs> But, um, I you can't know, wait. That's Wendy's, baby. I know. I told you that Wendy's. I told oh, okay. you supersize at Wendy's. Now you get the fries. Oh, you can supersize at Wendy's yeah, too. You get the cheese with the fries. All right. Anyways, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. so, but like, what my point is, time can be wasted that yeah. you just, you know, before you know it, I'm 34, 35, 36, 37. Yeah. We're the same conversation. Yeah. But that's my choice. Right. If I don't, you know, learn, educate myself about it, and say, okay, this is what this is, and mm-hmm. this is how I need to handle that. Right. What you think? I think that's great info. For sure. Um, so the next thing is, I think that you need to stand your ground. Okay. Um, like the thing about people who are manipulative, mm-hmm. um, and if you're running into a situation with a manipulative ex, manip- manipulative people hate losing control. Yeah. Okay. They, they absolutely hate it it like <laughs> it, Tasmanian it, devil yeah it completely yeah. brings chaos to to their world mm-hmm. um and they are using fear because they themselves are afraid mm-hmm. um so even if you are afraid you know and they're using like fear tactics to try to scare you you know, maybe they're threatening the relationship in this case with the children. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're threatening to take you to court if you don't do something that they want, even though 
we know that, you know, you know that that legal battle would not be won. Right. Or, you know, any number of, of tactics of manipulative excuse. You need to stand your ground. Try not to show your fear and don't back down from, you know, what you feel is right. Mm-hmm. And this, of course, once again, I want to emphasize that this is if you're dealing with someone who's manipulative. If you're dealing with someone who is an empathetic being and, and um, you know, obtains that quality <laughs> right. that some people just lack a sense of empathy. And it's incredible how that looks in real life. It's a big deal. Yeah. Um, so if you're dealing with someone who's empathetic, of course, these rules don't look the same, mm-hmm. you know, but if you are dealing with a manipulative person, then I'm thinking these are probably some good yeah, tips some for tech, you. Nah, let me, let me, can I say something here? Absolutely. So I think too, uh, it's important and I don't want to like, hopefully it's not a Bible thump, but, uh, it's a scripture. It's in, um, Timothy. I, f- I forget if it's like in first Timothy or second Timothy, but it says, uh, for we weren't, um, made of a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. Mm-hmm. And then going to your point of, you know, the, the fear, you know, the anxiety, right. Mm-hmm. And to, get in a space to where you're not thinking clear mm-hmm. and, and it allows the fear to go from here to, to, to here. Right. Right. Before you know it. So Down then, there to up there. Right. So like first you, you're, you're, you're thinking small, then that fear or anxiety causes you to, that's that little thought that was like this. Now it's like a, a mountain or the size of a boulder because you let this small thought of fear, like, oh, okay, they said this, they're going to do this if I don't do this. Mm-hmm. The sound mind piece is so important because you now you're like, okay, let me think this through. Mm-hmm. Let me let me use my intellectual mind and say, mm-hmm. okay, that doesn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can say this and you can threaten me with this, mm-hmm. but what really is going to happen is you're not going to talk to me like that. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Or what's really going to yeah. happen is you can say that you're going to do this all you want to, but mm-hmm. I know – you know that's why it's so point. That's why it's so important to educate ourselves, mm-hmm. right? But things that are are said to us, like I'm going right. to do this, like Nah, you're not going to do that because yeah. if you do this, then this is going to happen. Yeah. But the sound mind piece is so important. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I wanted it. I wanted to include that. Yeah, and that kind of leads into our next um, our next point. Um, you know, being able to to hold your ex accountable for his or her actions. Yeah, I think uh, Robert had mentioned to me in this situation is, you know, Katie, like you don't get sucked in either right now. You yeah. know, be be very clear in your communication, and um, be very clear that you're not willing to be sucked in. Right. Um, because a manipulator could be very good at at trying to make you feel guilty mm-hmm. for actions that are very clearly their fault yeah it is the prime tactic of a person with any kind of narcissistic or you know personality disorder Mm -hmm. sociopathic whatever um and just manipulators in general yeah it's a prime it's a prime tactic um they want they want people to feel guilty for things that happen or, or don't happen in their lives. Um, so it may be difficult, but do not accept guilt for something that is out of your control. Yeah. And okay? I think, yeah. And I think that's so important for somebody that's an empath. Cause you thinking yeah. about them, right? Absolutely. You, you, you're not thinking about you. You're thinking like, um, 
you know, man, like they might be really hurt or mm-hmm. they really feeling this. Or they're really sorry. Yeah. And now I now, even though they very clearly crossed this boundary, yeah. now I'm going to hand back the control to them yeah. because they said that they were sorry. Yeah. But something that my friend told me um, who I was discussing the situation is uh, Sabrina told me she's like, respect is earned, it's not true. given. It's true. And that is so something true. that I have to remind myself um, every day. Mm-hmm. And I think that you do too. I think we're both empaths, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, why we both have been sucked into relationships. Nar- narcissists and empaths are people who are a little bit more manipulative. Yeah. They feed off of What's like, going on? empaths and yeah. and people with similar personalities to mine and yours we we're like a toxic like the toxic nightmare just like the perfect storm Mm -hmm. is the best way to describe it we're a perfect storm for each other Mm -hmm. um so we both have to be really really careful and i think that was really awesome that you were able to remind me that because i was about to respond in a way that was Mm -hmm. um what a typical empath would do for someone who is attempting to be manipulative for sure because you said sorry now it excuses your behavior. No, I don't. And, it at do- all. and your ex- your behavior cannot be excused. I, I think that's a hard lesson um, that an empath or someone that cares about people has to learn. Mm-hmm. Like you have to learn that. Yeah. Because if not, people gonna walk over you. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think I, I've learned that in my I'm I'm 33. I learned mm-hmm. it in my 30s mm-hmm. that if you show people grace and you just keep showing love and love and love and love. People will will take. You hear people say it a lot. You take my kindness for weakness, mm-hmm. and I've actually experienced that. And the, and, the, and the thing that you got to be careful of is that you don't allow your heart to be hardened where you want to tear something up now because mm-hmm. you're like, man, I didn't show you all this love, and you 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 do this or you say this and you're or taking advantage. You're of taking advantage like of it, mm-hmm. and so you got to protect yourself. And you got to set boundaries. Absolutely, you know. And Clear. I think you got to set boundaries because people would take full advantage. And that's why I told you as your man, I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to, I know what you felt, but I'm like, no, don't do this because mm-hmm. if you do this, then this is going to happen next. And I had to, as a man, be honest with you, cause it has been my experience, mm-hmm. you know, if something I've experienced, not mm-hmm. even just in this situation, but if I've experienced this, I'm like, okay, if you do this, you know, like how people say you keep, keep learning lessons or being taught lessons, but if you don't really learn, you're going to just yeah. keep going until Repeating you actually the same mistakes over and until over you actually learn, you know, learn it. And so it's like now, now, you know, this is something I've learned. Mm-hmm. So I will be a fool to allow you to go through it. Now, if I've been through it, mm-hmm. and that, would, that would be wrong to us both. So yeah. Yeah. In the butt. Yeah. So, um, fourth and finally, you want to find a more effective way to communicate. So I find that um, sometimes even like emailing or texting um, can sometimes be an, a more effective way to communicate. That way, no words are misconstrued. Um, it does suck because it takes the um, it takes the connotation out of what you're saying and yeah. it, and. You know, um, it takes the tone and the dictation and all of that stuff. It takes that um, out of what you're saying. But sometimes when you're dealing with with someone who is manipulative, that can be a better way to communicate. Or something that um, Robert has is a third-party mediator. Yeah. And actually, this apology came after this third-party mediator stepped in. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it's good to have someone um, who kind of has um, just an unbiased mutual interest in both parties and having them step in and being able to, you know, say like, Hey, you're out of line. Yeah. Um, And, and, and and this mutual party, I'm going to tell y'all love, love them to like life. Like Mm -hmm. this individual is just all about love, all about the peace, all about, Mm -hmm. you know, diving into the deeper things, just, just, just all about people. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important when you, when you get a third party Mm -hmm. that they really are going to be neutral, Mm -hmm. that they're not going to be one side. They're going to be a neutral individual. That's in the best interest. Someone that's not going to be afraid to tell you or the other person or the other person like you wrong. And this is how you fix that. You need to fix that. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, and I think that if you want to have a healthy relationship and the reason I chose to get a third party in too, is because I didn't want my words to be misconstrued or misinterpreted. And I'm like, okay, I need, I need, we need a third party. Mm-hmm. We, we need a third party. Uh, you know, for me, it was things, things I heard that I said, I'm like, nah, that's not what I said or Mm -hmm. even having conversations like no that's not what I mean by that Mm -hmm. and it's like I got to the point to where I'm like hey we need a third party Mm -hmm. because it's not this cycle is just this is gonna be a vicious cycle it's a never ending never gonna understand what I'm saying you can always misinterpret it and I I saw this um this meme the other day it said I could never communicate to someone who's dedicated to misunderstanding me Mm. And mm. it's like if if you <laughs> right if you're like dedicated to misunderstanding me, mm-hmm. okay, cool. I'm gonna get somebody that's gonna be able to communicate for me. Right. You understand what I'm right. saying? Then that way, we're all on the same page. Yeah. And you and you know if you don't get me, they get me, and they can communicate to you how right they get me, and, and they can translate you, they can translate it perfectly in a way that I'm you trying can understand. To convey this message. Absolutely, that's beautifully stated. Um. So yeah. So third parties. Uh, can be awesome and it's it's something that is even legally in your um divorce decree to have a third this you know a third party mediator Mm -hmm. and i think that it has been essential to robert's communication with his ex and i even stated in this situation that um if if she and i were to have a conversation that i would want this party to be present just because um i i could tell by the communication that was being had between her and I that um she was looking for the the conversation to to move in a different direction mm-hmm. and so um that's another thing and another great reason why you know to have a third party mediator because they can help you keep on message yeah and you want to make sure that you are you are handling the situation and you're stopping the conversation at the, the the point of whatever the point of contention is or whatever or whatever the whatever the disagreement or whatever the concern is is about excuse me you want to stay on message mm-hmm. and not let it to dissolve into some like Something other else. argument mm-hmm. that is completely unrelated yeah so when i saw that it wasn't being received like hey you said these vulgar statements and i'm addressing them and letting you know that if we have this conversation those statements i'm not willing to accept and the conversation you're not going to get anything out of me yeah. if if we don't come to the table with respect. And so that wasn't received well. Um, so that's why I wanted to get the third party involved. Um, sure. So, um, yes. Yeah, so, you know, even you had mentioned like Bible thumping. 
But I think um, no matter who you are, um, I think that words of wisdom that are great for everyone. Yeah. God grant me the serenity to yeah. accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. So that's something that you all just need to um, to keep with you. And, you know, those words um, might just be well taken as blended family advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's all we've got for you today. So we got on how to um, manage difficult, especially manipulative relationships with an ex-partner. Um, do we want to? Yeah, you know what I w- what I want to say. I want to say this though. So you you mentioned something earlier. You mm-hmm. know, at the beginning of the podcast, we were talking about how guilt surfaces itself. Mm-hmm. You know how people, how we as a people can do things, and then the guilt comes out. Yes, I think that on our next episode, right, mm-hmm. we should dive into why you have that much understanding. Mm. You know, I will say that. You know, you've experienced a lot. You've been through a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of you and the measures that you've taken to move from the things that occurred in your past. Mm -hmm. I think the great thing about people is that we're imperfect. Mm -hmm. And I think that if as a people, if we understand that better, then we can be a little bit more transparent and we can help other people. Yeah. And I think that you have a testimony and a story that can help a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I think the, 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 the viewers may hear it and you're like, yeah, the guilt comes from whatever Mm -hmm. but i want you to dive into that Mm -hmm. i would like for you to dive into that and so it would help it would help give a bigger picture on why you understand it yeah yeah um i think that before we dive into that it'd probably be good to dive into like where it all started okay um, so do we want to get into that on this episode? It's good. It's meaty. Okay. It's like that meat and potatoes okay. with this with the Caesar salad <laughs> in the beginning. You got the end, you got that cheesecake that they get to you. you know, but it, it, you got that steak, but it's like an eight ounce oh, filet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Tap it off with a little bit of wine. You know what I'm talking about? Where's the show? <laughs> what is that? How you say, what is is it Worcestershire? What? I don't even know what you're talking about. I thought the you just said that show. The sauce that you put on the steak, not the A1, but there's like a Worcestershire. Is it Grey Poupon? No, Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So, uh, yeah, so we can we can actually we can start um, mm-hmm. from the beginning. This media is good. Y'all don't want to miss it. Um, it's um, a lot of um, testimony, a lot of revelation, um, and you. I think you kind of gotta. Um, Adversity introduces a man to himself, mm-hmm. right? That's like something that I've heard two years ago, and it's going to stick with me every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's hear, let the people hear a little bit about your adversity. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. So you you um you had mentioned, and I thought this was like crazy. You mentioned that you were told to call your stepdad mm-hmm. dad. Mm-hmm. And as a child, I know me probably at six or seven, I'll be like, "What? Mm-hmm. Like, who is this dude? Like, why well, gotta call him dad?" And mm-hmm. it's forced upon you, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just uncomfortable space. So I know that your your mother was married. Have you did you have you ever met your dad before? Never in life. Never in life. All right. Mm-mm. So like, 
you uh you never met him i tried you tried <laughs> well how did so talk about that so um so Rivera always loves to mention that i'm biracial mm-hmm. <laughs> but in my world I jungle fever <laughs> they got jungle fever <laughs> but in my world i am a black woman and i was raised by my black family Mm -hmm. i don't know my my white father Mm -hmm. i don't know any my irish half of me i don't i don't know oh you got he's irish he's irish so you're blirish i guess (laughs) oh you're a little blirish then i guess i got a little german too but um but yeah and they were like fresh off the boat irish okay too so um yeah so uh, um so i tried to reach out to him um so for many years i i okay so with calling my dad step you know my my stepfather dad Mm -hmm. um my brother like i like i mentioned did not know that my um stepfather was not his real father my stepfather is black Mm mm-hmm and so for a long time, um, my brother did not even know that he was mixed. Mm. I knew that I was mixed because I had I had remembered my father. I, I couldn't remember even if you put 10 dudes in front of me, it would just be like a blur. A one out of 10 it. chance. It of was me. him. It, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I, I couldn't remember what he looked like, but I knew he was white. Um, so my mother, like our identity was always just this um, thing that I was, I was always uncomfortable with because mm-hmm. it was like, I knew that I was this, like I knew I was mixed, but my mom was like, you're a human being. If anyone asks you, you know, you're black. And okay. I knew I was, I, I, I know I'm black, but I'm much, much lighter. My hair is fine and my hair is n- not coarse. Mm-hmm. So to the outside world, if I were to tell people I'm black, they're like, yeah, but what are you mixed with? Like, what yeah, are you? Like black and what? Black and what else? Mm-hmm. So um, that was kind of like the start of my curiosity to my identity. And he was always just like a very um, taboo subject in my family. Like I didn't feel comfortable asking any questions about him. I didn't feel comfortable um, inquiring. I just, it just was an uncomfortable topic in general. And also because I knew that my brother did not know. It was like almost something I was forced to just deal with internally as a young child all Mm. the way through up until my, you know, until my brother was like 13 or 14. I was finally able to like, like okay like (laughs) it's not as taboo but it still remained taboo but Mm -hmm. just not as like completely unspoken about Mm -hmm. she never said anything good or bad and i developed a bit of a resentment Hmm. um towards my mother because of that because um i just didn't know i didn't know what happened i didn't know why he wasn't around at points i questioned is he even my real father like could there be someone else? Like, yeah. I, I didn't even like, I didn't know. There were no pictures of him. She had cut him out of like every picture. Wow. I don't even, I didn't even know what he looked like. There was this one picture that my aunt showed me in my 20s. Um, and it was like one of those old Polaroids that were super the blurry. Ones shake, the ones you shake. And it was like super blurry. And I still couldn't like make out what he actually really looked like. So I ended up, um, I knew his name, obviously. And, um, I, in my twenties, um, actually when I was married, Mm -hmm. 
I started to research him and like look him up and I found out that he's actually like a very like wealthy guy Mm -hmm. and he um so there's like an island out here in the Ohio area northeast Ohio area a very popular like island I guess people call it that people go to and he owns a number of restaurants in Mm. that area and um so I ended up looking him up and finding out he owned these restaurants so I would start to like reach out to their Facebook pages and to like their email addresses and I emailed them like basically saying like hi this is Katie you know this I don't want to say his name this guy is my dad Mm -hmm. and could you please call me at this number so I probably started doing that in my early 20s and um, I did it for about five years. Every so often, I would like mm. send an email, maybe like once every year. I would like, it would just sit heavy on me. And really, more so, other people made it sit heavy on me more than it sat on me because people would be like, Well, you're not curious to like know who he is or find out who this guy is. Or, you know, I was married and um, my ex husband would, you know, ask me questions like, Well, you know, you're not curious to like, find him or go look for him or and I'm like I don't know maybe I should (laughs) you know so it kind of made it a a a point of like even deeper curiosity for me Mm -hmm. because I kind of was just almost brainwashed to suppress it my whole life yeah so I just never thought about it um and later in therapy I just realized how important your subconscious is and how those kinds of things can really have an effect on the way that you live your life yeah. things that are suppressed. So, um, so anyways, I, um, finally decided just a few years ago, um, I was living with my best friend and, um, I finally got the guts to like call. And so I called one of his restaurants and I told the lady at the restaurant who answered the phone, I said, hi, can I speak to my dad's name Mm -hmm. and she was like um well he's the owner so he's like not really he's in and out like he's like is there something I can like why do you want to speak to the owner (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) like I get a manager she's like I mean can I get a manager on the line and I'm like no like I need to talk to this person and she's like um could you like she kept digging and so I finally was just like you know what my name is Katie Gregory Taylor. I am at the time, I think I was 28 or 29. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm 29 years old. I have not seen my father said his name in 29 years. Mm. And I am looking to make contact with him. And so she ended up asking me, she's like, wait a minute, is this? And then he said, she said his daughter's name. So now I find out I have a sister. Dang. So he ends up saying her name. I'm going to say her name was. Don't say her name. I'm not. I'm just going to call her Cherie. Cherie. Okay. So he said, so she goes. So this, she's white. So we know so her name's not Cherie. Okay. Yeah. But it is a black name though. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, is this Cherie? And I'm like, wow, I have a sister. Mm. I always wondered, like, mm-hmm. did he have any other kids after me and my brother? Like, cause my, my brother and I, you know, are from the same my mother was married to this yeah. man um so um i'm like shit 
And so I'm like, no, this is not Sheree. This is his oldest, mm-hmm. uh, Katie. And she was like, she was so confused. She was like, oh my God, okay, well, give me your number and, um, you know, I'm going to pass this information along to him. And like, she just seemed really shocked. So wow. this is obviously probably somebody who works really closely with the restaurant. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you why when I got the next call. So um, I'm talking on the phone to my mom and I admit to her days later that I I'm on the phone admitting to her that I gave him a call because I wasn't sure how she would take it. You know, Mm -hmm. she's raised me my whole life, um, never received any financial support from him, never received any emotional or any support. We literally haven't heard from this man in three decades. Um. So I wasn't sure how my mom was going to take it. And she was like, I always wondered when you were going to do it. Like my brother could give two shits about it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't, he's not really as concerned as like I, my curiosity has been over the years. Um, And I don't know if my concern came from me having more of an identity crisis because my brother looks more black than I do. Yeah. He, his hair is super curly. He looks like a minority. Like mm-hmm. he, he, he looks more Hispanic probably than anything, but he middle looks, Eastern. I think he looks or middle, like middle Eastern. Yeah. And, and, but me though, like, um, you know, sometimes people just like, don't know they're confused, but I definitely could pass for white. Yeah. Um, the way that I look. So I don't know if it came from that. That mm-hmm. gave me more of a care about it than he did because he doesn't have to deal with like, like the man, ridicule man. that I get done. Like I never fit in anywhere. Like black people didn't think I was black. White people don't think I'm white. Like I'm just not black enough. I'm not white enough. Like I didn't fit in anywhere. So mm-hmm. it kind of, I don't know. Maybe that's why it gave me more of like a curiosity. It's like find more about where I came from. So anyways, I'm on the phone with my mom and I'm telling her that I had reached out to him and um, she's like, she took it. Like I was so surprised of how she took it, mm-hmm. you know, because I was expecting such a different reaction based on my typical dealings with my mother. I was expecting her to be like overbearing and super offended and not really understanding about my feelings. And she was actually very understanding and just like wow like you finally did it like well what happened and she was like that's crazy like you know i wonder if he's gonna call back he's probably and she told me she's like he's probably gonna be pissed that you called Mm. and so i as i'm talking to my mom about admitting to her days later at this particular time i get a private phone call on the other line i put my mom on i said mom I said, I don't know why. I said, I told you I get these intuitions. I said, Mom, I have a feeling this is him on the other line. I said, you need to hold on. Do not hang up. Because mm. she's always like doing a million things and mm-hmm. not listening and talking to 50 million people when you're on the phone with her. So I'm like, go to a quiet place. If this is him, I'm going to click over, click you in, mute your phone. So I end up clicking over. He's like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like... Yeah, I'm like, shit, this is him. Mm -hmm. He's like, may I speak to Katie? Gregory Taylor? (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, this is she? He's like, yes, this is. And then he says his name. Like, oh, no, not this is your father. Like, this is, he tells me like, oh, this is James Bond. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) fuck you, man. (laughs) So, so anyways, um, he introduces himself. I'm like, shit, I knew it. And so then I I uh, I text my mom. I said, "This is him. 
put your phone on mute and I merge him in. Oh, you merged it. I merged it. Okay. Because I wanted my mom to hear it. And I was very, had she had a different reaction, I would not have merged her in. Mm -hmm. Um, So I merged her in and he's, his first thing that he said to me was, yes, I got a message that you called. I just want to let you know, like, don't ever call my, like, I don't know. He didn't say my place of work. He's like, don't ever call one of my businesses ever again in your life. Mm. You are jeopardizing the livelihood of 60 employees that I have to like provide for. And I just remember being so crushed that, wow, you are more concerned about these 60 people that you employ. And I am your child that has not spoken to you in almost three decades. Mm -hmm. And your first words to me after I have, Obviously, I'm very disturbed that I've gone to these measures to try to communicate and contact you Mm -hmm. that this is the first thing that you would have to say to me. So he ends up asking me, um, you know, like, well, you know, what can I do for you? Basically, like, how may I help you? And it just felt very transactional. It didn't seem like he gave a shit. He was just trying to damage control. And that hurt like Yeah, a bit. It hurt really bad. Um and I had to get a lot of therapy after this yeah, <laughs> to be able to like get over like to like understand and move past it. But he ends up um asking me all these questions and um like basically kind of trying to dig like well what did you call me for so i ended up asking him these questions like Mm -hmm. well did you ever try to like get visitation rights and he was like no your mother i heard that your mother found this new guy my stepfather and she said that he was going to be a great father to you so i was like hey let him be your dad and I'm like, wow, so you were just willing, like, I said, did you ever meet him? She was like, he was like, no. I said, did you ever have a conversation with him even? He's like, no. So you were willing mm-hmm. to allow a complete stranger to raise your, kids. raise your kids without putting up any type of fuss or fight about it. Um, And he's like, yeah, well, basically what he said to me was, I'm the type of person who likes to move forward and I like to keep the things of the past, things of the past. Like me and my brother were like a bad choice on a menu mm. and that you could just move past us. Like we were nothing. And, um, he was just basically like the conversation with him was so eye opening. And I began to understand why my mother never told me about him Hmm. because she was trying to protect me from being hurt. And after I had, she heard this conversation. Um, he's, he said a number of other things where, uh, you know, he basically just said, Oh, the way your mother was like, she would have never let me be involved. And I'm like, what did you try? And he's like, no. (laughs) And, um, you know, at the end of the conversation, I asked him, I said, I said, does your wife know about me? Does your wife know about my brother? And he's like, yeah, she knows. Yeah, she knows. I, I told her about you guys. And he was referring to this woman as his wife the entire time. But then at the end of the conversation, he told me that he had actually never married her and he would never marry anyone again because of the relationship he had with my mother. Wow. Um. And so he said that they had been together for 17 years. He said, but his daughter did not know about me and my brother. 
and he threatened me like if you tell her like I swear like I will rain hell like he just was very adamant like do not say anything he referred to her as his daughter he never referred to me as his daughter in the conversation so he's referring to my sister as his child and that was hurtful Mm -hmm. um he acted as if like I wasn't his kid. It was just, it was almost like an out of body experience. Hmm. Like I'm talking to my dad and he was referring to my sister as like, she's his daughter and I'm not. Mm -hmm. And he's just like kind of telling me, you know, she's a really good kid. And it was just crazy to see him. Like he was bragging on her. He started telling me, you know how, when I mentioned Skylar on the last episode and you got like excited just to hear about Skylar, you started like bragging on her and just, you got mm-hmm. a little carried away just like talking about it. Cause you're proud of her and you mm-hmm. love her. And it was like that with him. He got like carried away and like talking, he started talking about her and it just was like, so you have the capacity to like mm-hmm. care. You just chose that. I don't know. I guess we weren't good yeah. enough or whatever. So, um, I, I I also on the call I asked him. I said, "Do you have something against black people? Like, do you like like, you know, do you um, are you racist? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. is that why you maybe you know you you and I, and I specifically asked him. I said, "Is it because you ended up? Because my mother always said, um, not always said, but she ended up telling me." In my older years, she told me some information about him. Um, probably in my later 20s, I finally got the guts to like ask her some questions. And she had mentioned that when she met my father's parents, that they damn near fell down the stairs when they when she walked through the door. Oh, so he came from a background. Uh, yeah, he, his mm-hmm. parents were extremely racist. So if you know the history of Irish people coming to migrating to Cleveland back Mm -hmm. in the day they were looked at as the minority they were Mm -hmm. looked at kind of how black people were looked they were poor they were white but they were just lower class Mm -hmm. and so um when they kind of like worked them you know selves up in society it was like something that you know they almost a a hatred towards you know blacks because they were almost on a similar level Mm -hmm. um just because they were looked at as just like trashy yeah and um so anyways um his um his parents like i said like they were like fresh off the boat from ireland so um anyhow i asked him like is it because you know you know sometimes kids who have racist parents almost to stick it to them to like date a black person or marry a black person like to be like like a rebellious kind of thing mm-hmm. um and so my mother had mentioned kind of feeling like maybe because he was so persistent with my mother the way she explains him to me she was a cheerleader at a high school she, my mother is super athletic um he was a wrestler mm-hmm. a really awesome wrestler and he was kind of like a bad boy I guess kind of type and um so they and they ended up dating he was so persistent on trying to get with my mom he used to like wait on the doorsteps 
for her to get home from practice. And my mom would purposely like go out with her friends and just leave him there. And he would still come back all the time with like flowers and all these different like candies and gifts and stuff, trying to like win her over Mm. the way that my family explains him. And then when they finally got married, it was so strange. My mother said it was like a complete turn. We ended up moving to like a super where I told you he owned a number of restaurants. Um, He was very successful. Most rich people don't go to college he didn't at my mother said at 19 he was like one of the highest sales positions at a very large telecommunications company at Hmm. 19 years old um and was traveling and making really good money Mm -hmm. and so ended up from there becoming an entrepreneur um so that's another thing most uh super wealthy people are narcissistic so talking to him it seemed as if he was but anyways it was so strange because like I said he was so persistent on my mother it was just like this weird turn we moved to the super like where he ended up owning these restaurants we ended up living in this close to the island close to that island Mm -hmm. um when I was a very young child my brother wasn't even born yet um so I can remember some instances out there, some like pretty, like I have some pretty like traumatic memories um, of the way that he was treated by mother during that time. Um, but he kind of like turned into an alcoholic and um, I can remember, like I said, I can remember some incidences some as a child. But um, so because of all these things, I ended up asking him the question like, dude, are you like just racist? And so you maybe finally realized like, damn, I had kids with this. And my mother is not a light skinned woman. She is a dark brown woman. And um, like, is it like, damn, I had women like I had uh, children with this black woman and like I have black kids Mm -hmm. and I'm not happy with this decision because his daughter that he had after the marriage with my mother she is it's with a white woman um and they're trump supporters and all that stuff too so there's Mm -hmm. some there were some things that i had found that was like hmm like and he was like no he was like "Uh, i don't have a problem with black people like i love black people like black people are fine with me and so i'm like "Mm, that doesn't sound too convincing but anyways by the end of the conversation he ends up um, he ends up asking me, like, what do I want out of this? He was like, I just want to let you know, like, I don't have any money to give you or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to let you know I'm not like I don't have money or and I'm like, wow, like damage control. Yeah. Like now you're trying to convince me that you're not successful because you think that I'm reaching out to you for money. Like you're literally having this conversation with me because you don't want me to tell your daughter you're afraid now that i've reached out to your restaurant that your daughter your beloved daughter is going to find out and you don't want me to continue to contact your businesses because you don't want your businesses to know that you have two grown-ass children that you haven't done shit for your entire life in 30 years like that's all your really reaching out to me for you called me from a private number so i can't even reach out to you again So this was all just like really hurtful. And um, so I end up telling him, I'm like, you know what? I said, you're a piece of work. You're a real piece of work. And I'm literally crying, sobbing on the phone by the end of our conversation. And he's just like, I hope this, you know, like no remorse. I hope that you got everything that you needed out of this conversation. Like, 
you know, and, uh, I mean, is there anything that you want from this? And so I told him, I said, well, I would like, I said, I, I said, I always imagining like you dying and me never having the chance to even know what you looked like or like what you look like or like knowing if I'm anything like you or like meeting you or just like, just even just seeing you even just once, just out of the curiosity, just out of curiosity, like what yeah. the fuck do you look like? Mm-hmm. So, um, he was like, well, how about this? Like next time in, next time I'm in Cleveland, I'll call you. But like in the meantime, don't call me. I'll call you mm-hmm. pretty much what he said. And he told me, he said, I just want to, at the end of the conversation, he read it. I want to reiterate again, do not call my businesses ever again, like ever in your life. And I just was like, wow. And I I was just like so hurt. I was still like gasping for air. I was crying so hard. And so I got off the phone with him. And um, so then my mother unmutes herself. And she's just like, this is exactly why I never wanted you to have to deal with this. This is why I never spoke good or bad about him. I just wanted to to move on. I just wanted to move on from it. And I didn't want you. She was like, like the way I hear you crying on this phone right now, like it's like breaking my heart Mm. and I never wanted you to have to experience this abandonment or this, this rejection rejection Mm. that you're experiencing right now. And she's like, you know, I'm, she's like, I'm almost glad that you got the closure so that you know that like, I never just wanted to say anything because I didn't want you to feel like I was making it up or that I was trying to turn you against him. She was like, I just thought it was better to just, if you don't have anything nice to say is what she told me, don't say anything at all. And she was like, I was just trying to go off of that like basic stuff, fundament. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is my story on, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what? Uh, uh-uh. It sound like uh, it sound like to me. Um, it's a lot, and we obviously we talk we talk about it. But I would say this: that a lot of times rejection is protection, mm-hmm. and I think in this instance is probably that. And I know it hurts because this is like he he made you, mm-hmm. right? He was part of the con the conception, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like you would anybody would, and don't feel bad about wanting to meet him. That's mm-hmm. natural, you know. Um, but it's his loss at the end of the day, you know, and yeah. if you never meet him, um, you know, I would say this, my dad actually never met his dad. Mm-hmm. And I remember when my dad's dad died, he was crying like a baby. Mm-hmm. And I remember being a young boy and I'm like, why, why is this dude crying? And he's like, my dad died. But I remember him telling me he never met his dad, mm-hmm. but he was so hurt, you know, about it. Um, but I think, you know, for you, um, you know, it still hurts. You know, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that that will hurt you, and and, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Anybody that having anything speak against that, to you know, to hell with them. But you know, I think you have. I think you're extremely smart. You're beautiful. You know, you you have a lot going for yourself. You're an awesome mother. You know, you're just a wonderful person. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people in life miss having the experience of wonderful people in their mm-hmm. life. And it's it's just his story. He he's he would never, or he has never experienced you, mm-hmm. you know. And he may be looking for an answer. You mentioned that he was an alcoholic. He may be looking for an answer or a peace, and you may have been that for him. Uh, but in his rejection, that that's 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 his thing. Yeah, you know that's what he chose to do, and um, and yeah, and and yeah, it it, it it's you a know, complex. It's it's it is what it's it is, a, and I and mm-hmm. I, I would say this too. I was trying to say this. 
as adults, we notice that certain certain stories we keep from our kids mm-hmm. and protection. So there is always two, three sides of the story: his story, mm-hmm. her story, and the truth. Right? Yep. And it may you may be protected from it, right? You know? And I know curiosity because you you very you're like this intuitive. I'm very I need curious. To know, I'm I need curious. To, yeah. And, and and this may be one of those things in life. It's like hey, because I think you're doing well without them. And that's what, you know, that's what everyone has says like, oh, it's your loss. I guess it just was so hard for me to understand. And I said it to him. This is the last thing I'll say and we'll close this out. But I told him, I said, you know, I finally I have a child now. I said, you have a granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And I said, it is so hard for me to understand. Like, I couldn't imagine anyone. And I know my mother can be difficult. But having her, there is no amount of difficult that could keep me away from my child and and so now that I understand you know at that point I had understood the deep compassion and love that I had for my daughter it was so hard for me to understand how he could um walk away and then finding out that he walked away without a fight was even harder to understand right um so so that's that on that. I just, um, yeah, I just thought before we dive any deeper into my story, I think it's probably helpful to, you know, childhood trauma. <laughs> it has a way of um, growing into a grown ass beast. Yeah. So I just wanted um, to share to share that little bit about myself where Bear has been very vulnerable and open with you about some of his um about some of his life goings or yeah. life instances. It's only gonna get deeper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's a little bit about me. Um, you know, I it's funny because most people that know me know that I'm super sensitive about the whole like biracial thing and mm-hmm. you like mention it all the time. Yeah. And but like after therapy, I'm at a point where And this is why therapy is so important because I'm at a point where I can brush it off now. Like if, if we would have been dating for five years ago, we wouldn't have been dating anymore just off of you making those jokes. Oh, that you mixed. Oh yeah. Like you making those by like, I wouldn't like, I would be livid. Mm. I would be unable to even cope with that just because of how, I had not dealt with the my identity crisis yet, <laughs> so that is why therapy is just so, so important. Good. Points points um, in your life that may be something that is like unbearable to deal with becomes something that you can brush off and laugh about and even talk about on a podcast. Yeah. So um, that is a bit of my testimony, and um, we are going to stay blendish That's and it. keep giving y'all. Um, the best and the worst parts of us because that's how we are. Good job, baby. You did a good job. Thank you, love you. Four years ago, you would have lost a good one. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you know, you're low, baby. <laughs> right. But I'm serious. No, you're right. You're right, baby. That's what it would have been. Yeah. And, but now, I call me a good one because we met. Like, timing is everything. And now we're blendish. And now we're blendish. Good stuff. All right, babe. Love you. Love you, too. And um, we'll see y'all on the next episode of... Blendish. Blendish.